All right, and just like that, we are live, everybody. Welcome, Patrick Carr Show here. It's the second week of July, and uh, if you couldn't tell by the title of this video, we are obviously heading into the 101st annual convention over there for FRSA here in the state. Now, for those of you who don't know, besides this show, I run a company called Blue Collar Media Group. Uh, very fortunate to go out with contractors, not only across Florida, but across the country, to be able to develop content with their people. But, you know, in the course of going out there over the past couple of years and working alongside roofing contractors and seeing how they do business, um, I've become very involved in the laws that affect contractors because they're the people that I work with. Um, and in my opinion, they're the people that keep this country and this state moving. It's the people who do things with their hands. It's the blue-collar trades that make it happen. And uh, since 2021, been highly involved, the show has been highly involved in advocating for those things that would benefit the contracting community. Um, it started with Senate Bill 76, and when I saw the catastrophe that that was, trying to restrict speech in the state based on what a contractor could talk to a homeowner about, I knew there was a problem. I knew there was a power dynamic, and there was a narrative that was being pushed that simply was not true. And so as I began to dive into more of this, what I saw was that there was one organization that had more lobbying dollars than anybody else did, and that was FRSA. Um, they have more money from their dues to push their agenda, and hopefully, in my opinion, I thought that would be for the benefit of contractors and the benefits of their constituents. But, you know, as I have gotten further and further into this industry, what I have seen from FRSA is anything but. And so the reason I wanted to create this episode was not to to knock FRSA or to call them out or in some way to, in, I don't know, hurt their business or what they're trying to do over there. I'm sure there are many good contractors and people that are a part of that organization. But with their convention being this week, and unfortunately I'll be with a contractor in, it looks like Atlanta and Chicago during this time where I'll be filming, unable to make this conference. Not that I'd be welcomed anyway, but I assure you I had some plans to protest this conference and what this organization represents. But what I want to do is I want to give some, some facts to those people who will be attending. If you give your money to FRSA or if you're a vendor who will be attending and you want to get business from those who attend this conference, you need to know the type of organization that you're supporting, where your dollar bills are going. And for those people who know the way that I do business, it's beyond reproach. There is complete integrity with what I do. And so it gives me no pleasure here to say that I think that FRSA is doing things that are detrimental to the roofing and the restoration community in the state of Florida. But the numbers show that. And what they're supporting shows that as well. And so I want people to walk in there and to go, hold on. This is where my money is going. This is what you're supporting as an organization. Because my hope is that if enough roofing contractors, if a few contractors, if a few brave vendors say, hey, I heard this, is this true? Then perhaps in the next legislative session, FRSA, you'll maybe look at what you support in a closer way. Maybe you won't let, I don't know, personal animus or something get in the way of what's in the best interest of contractors. And so, folks, let me tell you exactly what FRSA supported in this last legislative session in 2022-2023. I think you're going to be very surprised to learn what they called big wins in the state of Florida. And it starts with two very consequential pieces of legislation. 
You need to ask the leadership why they supported this crap. The first one was Senate Bill 2A, everybody. And I want to give you a brief rundown of what that meant. In Senate Bill 2A, it allowed for a few things to happen in the state. First, it immediately got rid of AOBs in the state of Florida. Now, I don't know who this is a win for, but FRSA on their Instagram called this a big win when it came to legislation, when it came to insurance reform. But it doesn't help anybody except for insurance carriers. You know, there was no problem with AOBs in this state. None. Since 2019. Yes, there were some people who abused them at times, and perhaps there even were attorneys that could have abused them. But as far as it causing an insurance crisis, that's a complete fabrication. And as far as people running away with the money or people filing the claim and not getting work done, all of that stuff was addressed in 2019 with AOB reform, and there was not a problem with AOBs for the past four years. But we had to come up with another boogeyman, didn't we? And so all of a sudden, AOBs became the problem, and FRSA supported getting rid of them. Why? Because let me tell you exactly who this helps. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. If you're a homeowner who listens to my show, then you understand you don't file an insurance claim very often. may only be one or two times in your entire life. And you have a for-profit company that you pay your premiums to. Who do you think they want to deal with when a claim happens? The contractor who has seen thousands of claims in their life? Who understands the dynamics of a roof, siding, gutters? Or do you think they want to deal with you? Maybe you're a school teacher. Maybe you work in finance or healthcare. But you don't have to deal with the roof, and you don't understand exactly what it is. If you were a for-profit company on the surface, who would you want to deal with? person who does it one or two times, or the individual who happens to know what they're doing? By getting rid of AOBs, you're not allowing a home or business owner to assign the benefits of the claim and the negotiation over to a contractor who's experienced in that area. It hurts homeowners, business owners, and roofing contractors who cannot advocate on behalf of homeowners and business owners like they should. Because professionals will want to do that because they want to make sure they get people back to pre-loss condition. This bill did nothing but handicap that. It also allowed for binding arbitration to be offered within policies. Now, you could say that it falls on a homeowner to understand what that is, but how many homeowners truly read that policy? Heck, have you ever tried to read your policy? I know what's in it, and it's tough for me to even read. And so binding arbitration means that people won't have access to the court system. They're going to take a cheaper premium, and people will not have a chance to fight in the courts for what's right when they're wrongfully denied. Oh, and on top of that, that binding arbitration that now people are going to sign up for, even when they win their case, they're going to have to pay their own premiums. Who does that help? Oh, yeah, big insurance, right? And then on top of that, now this is what should upset every contractor, and you really need to ask this question. Even my vendors out there who support roofing contractors, think about this. Senate Bill 2A allowed for managed repair programs to be offered in insurance insurance policy renewals, meaning that the carrier can determine what contractor the insured uses. It's not up to the insured once they sign up for the managed repair program, and they will, because it'll be a slightly cheaper premium, and then the insurance carrier can determine who they use to do the work. So a contractor out there could be the best fit. A homeowner could want to use that contractor who's doing good work. In fact, they could want to use a contractor who happens to be a member of FRSA, a good, reputable contractor, but they can't. 
because unfortunately the managed repair program they signed up for means they have to use a contractor that's not a member of FRSA because that contractor is willing to do work for a cheaper price. And so that carrier will only recommend them. So I've got to ask FRSA, again, who does this help? How does this help your constituents? How does it help the people that are paying you money? Because it does not. And it doesn't take a a person who is a contractor, because I'm surely not one myself. It doesn't take a person who can you know hurl heavy objects at the moon, because I probably can't do that either, to put two and two together and to figure out this is helping only one entity, and that is the big insurance companies in this state. You know, when I asked them about this, the FRSA, they said, well, there's an insurance crisis in this state, Patrick. We have a crisis that we need to stabilize the market. In a few minutes, we're going to put that to rest. But for right now, let me tell you what exactly else they supported, because House Bill 837 was the most consequential, consequential piece of legislation to hurt home, homeowners and roofing contractors, and they supported that as well. Upon hearing that, I went ahead and I called over to there, and they hung up on me. Um, I asked, hey, listen, can you tell me why you're supporting this? And I have video of it if they want to deny it, but I absolutely did. And within literally seconds, I was hung up on. It's an absolute catastrophe when you can't even defend your position, when you won't even answer questions. I've invited FRSA to come on this show on multiple occasions. I've attempted to have conversations with them. I've been met with nothing but disrespect. I've been met with nothing but people who don't seem to want to answer questions. And they blame it on things like, well, you're not a contractor or you're not a member of our organization. I'm not going to talk to you. But I think that we should all look at this a little bit differently because the money that FRSA receives affects a lot of people. It affects homeowners and it surely affects contractors that are not a part of their organization. It affects people like me who support roofing contractors and work alongside them every day. Perhaps you should look at how you run your business. Maybe you should look at what questions you're willing to answer because I think that these are questions that should be And just because you're not going to answer them for me, my hope is that somebody will walk in there hearing this and say, you know what? I want answers to these questions. This doesn't seem right. And when they supported House Bill 837, here's what it said. It said that if if you did, let's just say you didn't sign up for that binding arbitration and you took your insurance company to court and you won, you'd be responsible now for your own attorney fees. So if you had a $100,000 claim after a big hurricane hit, and you went and you won your case, you don't get $100,000. Let's say you get $70,000 because you have to pay for your own attorney fees when your claim is wrongfully denied and then a judge or jury agrees with you and awards you a win. How is that fair to anyone except for ah, big insurance? I think we're starting to see a theme in what FRSA has supported for the past year. It made absolutely zero sense to me that this was what they chose to do. And they chose to support other organizations that supported House Bill 837. Again, all under this guise that we're going to stabilize the market, a market that truly does not need to be stabilized. And so I'm going to ask you to ask them this question. How do they know we have an unstable market? How do we know we have a crisis on our hands? Tell me where the numbers are that show we have a crisis. What? Because let's say seven or eight companies decide to leave and play a shell game, like Avatar and their 30,000 policies decide that they're going to leave. Another company ships out and then opens up under a new name, sells and comes back in. 
We all know how this game goes. A shell game between big corporations making it seem like there is a manufactured crisis, which there is, not a real one. That's the kind of question you need to be asking over to FRSA. Where are the numbers that show this crisis that you're saying you needed to support this legislation for? I've asked them. They don't have them. Because what they did is they believed Republicans. They believed our House legislature, our Congress, our Senate, our House, big insurance when they went crying to all the news media about how much money they're losing. But here's what you don't hear. There are two publicly traded companies in the state, which means they have to release a shareholders report. And so what I want to do is I want to just briefly share with you the real numbers of what is happening in the state of Florida. I'm first going to take universal property and casualty, the largest. They have about 10% of the policies right here in the state. And so what I want to do is I want to read you exactly from their shareholders report in the first quarter of 2023. Here's what it says. It was a strong quarter, all right? But I'm going to, actually, I'm going to start with this. Direct premiums written, 410.1 million, of 3.4% of the prior year in the same quarter. The value per share, $10.57, up 11.6% from the fourth quarter in 2022, and up 4.9%. From the fourth quarter of 2022, when they adjusted the value. Folks, I also want to look at this. I want to look at the quote here from Stephen Donaghy, their chief executive officer. It says, quote, additionally, as we sit here today, we already have our core all states property catastrophe reinsurance tower for 2023 and 2024 period fully supported and secure with no material changes to our historical reinsurance partners or our teams and conditions. There is no change to the reinsurance market. Now, if you weren't aware of this as a supporter of FRSA, there's a reinsurance market for your insurance companies. And what that means is that they don't actually pay out on the losses when you have a big hurricane that comes through. They have a reinsurance market that steps in, and that reinsurance market, let's say from like a Lloyd's of London, they pay it. Well, there was no change in the reinsurance market, everybody. So the reinsurance market didn't go up. They didn't have any big losses. Their premiums went up, as they said right here, but yet there's a catastrophe, a crisis in our state with the largest insurance carrier that you can see right here. Hmm. Well, maybe that's just a one-off. Let, let's, let's see what Heritage, the other publicly traded company, had to say. Huh, gross premiums, 310 million, 310.3, up 9.6% from the prior year in the same quarter. Gross premiums earned 317 million, up 10.3%, again, from the same quarter in the previous year. Net expense ratio, 35.8%, down 2.1 points in the same quarter of the previous year. And let's see what their, their CEO had to say. He goes, quote, I'm pleased to report a second consecutive quarter with net income and continued improvement on our financial results, which were bolstered by the continued implementation of our strategic profitability initiatives across the organization. The impact of higher reinsurance costs is being mitigated by making appropriate rate changes and managing exposure. So at least they were willing to admit, hey, listen, we had some, some reinsurance costs went up. But don't worry, we mitigated that by rate adjustments and managing exposure. That means we got rid of policies that we wanted to get rid of. We increased premiums to go ahead and cover it on the policies that we kept. And that's called doing business the right way because you got a crisis. 
in the state of Florida. That's the two biggest companies, everybody. And this is the, this is the crisis that FRSA is saying they are attempting with their support of this legislation to mitigate. But there is no crisis. That's what the numbers show. And if you do a simple Google search for Heritage or Universal, and you just put in shareholders report, you can read these numbers for yourself. And so I would encourage FRSA, you can look at me and you can say, man, this guy just talking crap, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not a contractor. He doesn't speak for anybody. Or perhaps you can look at yourself and go, you know what? We were a little short-sighted in what we decided to support this last year. We need to do better diligence, better due diligence on the contractors, on, I'm sorry, on the legislation that we support on behalf of contractors. That's what you should be saying because that's the right way to approach this. And the final point I want to make is this because we're a solutions-oriented show. I never put out a big problem or I never say that somebody's making an error without saying what I believe can be done better immediately to solve the problem. And here it is. And please, if you are attending this conference, ask the leadership to do this in 2023 and 2024. Going all the way back to 2021, Senate Bill 76 required by law that insurance carriers begin to release their numbers in January of 2022. We were finally going to see where all that money was going, not just for the shareholders on publicly traded companies, but private ones. Let's just say like, uh, what's our one over there in Tampa? Um, uh, integrity, uh, American Integrity. So if that was going to be the case, we we're finally going to see where that money was going for them. They're one of the biggest ones who cry wolf up there in Tallahassee. But when January of 2022 came around, our CFO's office and the OIR of Office of Insurance Regulation said, you know what, we're arbitrarily going to push that back to January of 2023. Where were you, FRSA? Where were your posts? Where were your videos? Where was a blog? Where was something on your website? Where was anything that was going to push and say, you know what, this isn't right? But you didn't do that. Instead, you have no problem making a post out there calling Senate Bill 2A a big win, but you can't make a post that criticizes the fact that the law is not being followed. The crisis that you say your legislation that you support is trying to help, you can't sit there and even back it up with any numbers and you don't think that's a big deal? It should be a huge deal and that's how we solve the problem. Begin to put pressure on Congress, on House and the Senate with your lobbying budget to follow the laws that are on the books to do the right thing so that we can begin to see where the money truly is going from these insurance carriers. And if you do that, we will see there is not a crisis. And then we don't have to put in crappy pieces of legislation that hurt homeowners and contractors alike under this false narrative that we have a crisis in the state of Florida. That would help contractors immediately. That would help everybody. And if I'm wrong, if we look at the numbers and everybody is just losing money hand over fist except for the largest carriers that I just talked about, then I'm going to be the first one on this show to come on here and say, man, I am so happy that FRSA did not listen to me. But we all know that's not the case. We know that the lobbying money has been pushing these reports back for years and years while they just get more and more legislation on their behalf to benefit them only. We have to begin as an industry to demand more from the organizations that demand money from the industry. Now, I don't give my dues to FRSA. So someone say, well, it's none of your business, but it is. Because when you have the largest budget in the state, what you do 
and what you support will support more than just your constituents. And when you claim to everyone in the state that you're there to support roofing contractors and them alone, you have their best interest at heart, then you need to show it with where your dollar bills go and what you lobby and advocate for. You haven't done that. You failed at that FRSA. And again, you can take this and you can take it as criticism of me saying you're wrong and you're bad, and you're not. I think you're just short-sighted. I think what you did is you fell for the same lie that everybody else did. Now, I'm, I'm hoping it wasn't done maliciously. I'm hoping that it's not that, hey, listen, there's money flowing through your organization from insurance carriers. But I'm thinking that you just got hoodwinked right here. Just got the wool pulled over your eyes. And my hope is that those people that are attending your event will say, hey, you know what? You didn't do a good job with my money this past year. You need to do better. You need to fight harder on behalf of contractors. You need to look at it and say, you know what? Maybe we personally don't agree with what some attorneys do, but you took it too far, legislators. This is not good for us. It's not good for our constituents. It's not good for our members or roofing contractors or home or business owners in the state of Florida. That would be something we're sticking up for. That would be something that this show would celebrate if we can see you get up there and have a backbone for once. And I hope that that happens. So folks, go out there, attend this event, give them your money, support them if you think that is right. This show, my company, the way that we do things is beyond reproach. I know how we work and how we operate with integrity. And so because of that, I cannot support this organization and I surely cannot support their conference. I hope that other individuals will step up and begin to ask questions and also take a stand. If you don't like what you hear and you hear me and you go, man, I had no idea. If you ask those questions and you don't get the answers that you deserve, stop giving this organization your money. Stop giving them your money so that you, what, you can throw a logo onto the side of your truck or put it onto your website or maybe put it into some kind of book that you give over to the homeowners just because you want to give them a little bit of money. Your money can be spent elsewhere for organizations like the Restoration Association of Florida, who is actively fighting for roofing contractors. That is where I'd encourage your money to go. But if you can get those answers, then I think you're going to understand a lot more about why this show, myself, my company, cannot support FRSA. I hope that in the year to come, they're willing to change and relook at the way in which they do business and what they support. Maybe not, but we will surely see in the year to come. I hope everyone who does attend is safe, has a good conference. We regret the fact that we won't only be able to be there. And I hope that some changes get made from FRSA from the inside out in the year to come so that I can see them support things that are better for this industry, better for contractors, and overall better for the state of Florida. Until next time, everybody, hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave some comments, put them right down below, and we'd love to hear from you. Hopefully, I will be able to talk to some roofing contractors here in Orlando as uh, we will be traveling next week, unable to make it. Um, and we'll be with Chicago, and I think we'll be in Georgia as well with some contractors there creating some amazing content with them. Have a great rest of the week, everybody, and uh, be safe out there. Till next time.